home. The word evokes cozy images, a fireplace with a fire, hot chocolate, an animal curled up nearby, people we love, familiar and cared for, objects, good memories of a safe and beautiful place. Unless it doesn't. For some, the word evokes harsh words, punishment, violence, anger, and a lack of safety for oneself or the people, animals, objects one treasures. And for some, the word hope brings up a blank. There's no place that has felt like home to them. There is an unbridgeable chasm between what they think home is supposed to be and their experiences. Now, in this way, home is like many precious words. It has been used in so many ways that the meanings pull at each other, crossing and contradicting. In one sense, it means safety and belonging. And then it is also used to mean any place that we have lived, especially a place where we grew up, as in home for the holidays. It's used simply to mean a house, as in if you don't have one, you are homeless. Home can be used to mean the country of our citizenship, as in if you're living outside that country, you're in exile, whether self-imposed or otherwise. Other words suffer from a similar multiplicity of conflicting meanings. Some of the most important words we use, family, church, patriotism, love. And another such word is belonging, a word closely linked to home. So that Dr. Brene Brown in her research and writing on the topic, falls back again and again on the term true belonging. She's all too aware that often when we say belonging without that qualifier, we mean fitting in, or becoming part of an in-group, or what she calls the counterfeit connection of common enemy intimacy. These forms of counterfeit belonging all pull at us because our need for belonging, true belonging, is real. It's as important to our well-being as food and water and air and shelter. And these other forms, these things masquerading as true belonging, are easier often than true belonging. They're easier than finding or making, as we may do, a true home. As she says, true belonging is not passive. It's not the belonging that comes with just joining a group. It's not fitting in or pretending or selling out because it's safer. It's a practice that requires us to be vulnerable. Now that's scary get uncomfortable, that's uncomfortable, 
and learn how to be present with people without sacrificing who we are. That's difficult. For true belonging, we could substitute true home. Over the past month, you may have become aware, we've been exploring here in the services a lot of what it means to be and belong to a spiritual home. This is a spiritual home, aims to be one. Who is welcome in this home? What are we to do when there are disagreements within? Can we give ourselves the comforts of a social club and also follow the imperatives of our religious teachings? How can we have a place where we are both loved as we are and urged to transform ourselves? How are we to hold that paradox? Well, this festival called Epiphany, the 12th day of Christmas, of which today is the eve, bring, so you know, be ready for those 12 drummers drumming if you've gotten all the rest. <laughs> this festival brings us two stories that explore the paradoxes of true belonging. They explore the idea of a home that must be found within if it is to be found anywhere and offers a couple of ways that that might happen. First is the story of the Magi, also called wise men, magicians, sometimes kings, the three who traveled from the east because they had prophetic dreams and saw a star behaving strangely and leading them to this small town far west of their homes over Bethlehem. And on the way, as we heard, if you were here for our no rehearsal Christmas pageant, the Sunday just before Christmas, on the way they stopped to speak to King Herod. And he is, of course, full of anxiety and rage at prophecies of the king of the Jews being born. They naively stop and talk to him about where they might find this newborn king and then are warned in a dream not to go back to him after they pay their homage, after they find the person and the dream they were looking for and bring their gifts. And so they return by a circuitous route to their homes. In short, this is a story of people traveling far from home from the place that they find their shelter, in order to honor the call within themselves and find their joy and their belonging. And they leave by a circuitous route to avoid danger to themselves or to the person in which they have just found their joy and their belonging. They carry this dream with them. They carry their their hope for direction, and they find this promise of a better world. And with that confidence, they carry it safely with them back to where they came from. This to me is deeply reminiscent of Brene Brown's advice to carry a sense of belonging with us. When we follow a dream, when we seek 
a better world and seek out the ways that we might help bring it about and bring that with us wherever we go. That is true belonging. Also, at this moment in the biblical story, we have of the very frightening story of the Holy Family, Joseph and Mary and their newborn, flying from their home into Egypt, the far reaches of the Roman Empire, because they hear that all of the baby boys, everyone under two years old, is in danger from the enraged king. And in fact, he does kill them all. But the Holy Family has left. They have traveled far from home to carry that precious thing with them, to carry home with them and keep it safe be in a place where they are safe and not return until home is such a place again. Brene Brown, in her book that we're hearing from, Braving the Wilderness, she doesn't use wilderness as a negative thing, but as a necessary and challenging place in our lives, the places where we need to stand alone, the places where we need to go when we are unsure, the places where amazing things happen, where there's great beauty and discovery. It's not a bad thing to be in the wilderness, but it's difficult. And in order to feel that we can go into those brave places, we need the sense of true belonging wherever we go. I believe that in these stories, both of these groups of three people venture into the wilderness and find there or bring there their inner sense of who they are and what is important to them. And in this, their stories may resonate with our own. Sometimes we have to leave home in search of something that is central to who we are in order to develop something about ourselves, in order to go the next, to the next stage. We follow a teacher. We create a new family with someone we love. We settle into a vocation that allows our gifts to blossom. We go to school or to a job or into a new friendship. Some place that is very far away physically or in time or in circumstances from our home, the place of our upbringing, but is itself home, a place where we can belong. That's us being the Magi. And then sometimes we have to leave home because it's dangerous there. Because there's someone who's abusive. Or because there's war. Because it's emotionally unsafe. We're not affirmed in our identity. We're not allowed to nurture our gifts. If we stay there, it's not really home, although it calls itself that. And when we have to leave there to find or carry with us that inner true home, well, we're being like the Holy Family then, flying to Egypt. Worts and Shire, the poets whose words Brian shared as our centering words, lives in the in-between that so many of us have experienced. 
There's the only home that she remembers, home since she was a year old, London, where she is the young poet laureate. There is the place she was born, Kenya, and lived the first year of her life. There's the place her parents were born and from which they emigrated, Somalia. She is connected by blood and cultural memory to thousands of refugees and immigrants. And her poetry frequently expresses the paradoxes of home for those who must leave one place called home and try to find another. Try to find a place where they can truly be at home. And the inner strength, the inner sense of belonging that they will need in order to find it is expressed in those words that Brian shared. Maybe home is somewhere I'm going and never have been before. Just to have that kind of courage is itself to be authentically ourselves. And as well, she's giving voice to the experiences of those who were never safe in the place that was called their home, or who have not yet found the true belonging of which Brene Brown writes. When we find it, it goes with us. Maybe you know the experience of going into a place that you have never been before, that is strange and new and yet so familiar that you say, I feel at home here. Maybe you know the experience of going to a place that others might think is your home, that you have called your home and yet it has none of that familiarity or even security. And maybe you know the feeling of going from place to place in the world in search of something and feeling that there is something that you need within in order to arrive. And maybe you've experienced true belonging that goes with you anywhere. If we're very lucky, we find that sense of home, that sense of belonging right in the room in which we spent our childhoods. We hear it in our parents' voices. But maybe we have to seek it 10,000 miles away, or in the words of a teacher who speaks a different language and was raised in a different religion, a different culture, maybe a completely different time as well as place. Here's the paradox. As much as we are talking about an inner flame that goes with us everywhere, we need one another to help nurture that flame. It's when we're affirmed in being who we are and becoming who we want to become that we belong. And we might be in the wilderness, riding a thousand miles by camel, or in exile far from our place of our birth, place of our children's birth, but we're home. And if we don't find it, no matter where we are, how safe or cozy or accepting it seems to be, if we don't find that inner flame, then we're not at home yet. No matter how far we travel, if we don't believe in and belong to ourselves, 
In Brene Brown's words, we will be restless. As she says, true belonging is the spiritual practice of believing in and belonging to yourself so deeply that you can share your most authentic self with the world and find sacredness in both being a part of something and standing alone in the wilderness or being alone in the wilderness. Well, as she says, it's a spiritual practice. We can't hope to attain that kind of authenticity all the time, to have that faith in ourselves all the time. And nor can we hope to find or create a community that nurtures that all the time without fail. Nevertheless, a core of our mission as a congregation is to be a place where each one of us who enters in good faith can share our most authentic self and be who we are. We will fail both to have the faith in each other to exhibit our authentic selves, and we will fail to accept one another's authentic selves over and over, but that's why it's a mission. It's where we are sending ourselves. It's where we aim to go. If we can create that kind of spiritual home, the place where we help one another to know that we are home, that we belong wherever we go, then everybody who comes here will be able to go anywhere and feel the warm fires of home within. Is this not what we do each week when we extinguish our chalice and take its fire with us? Like the Magi, we want to be able to brave the wilderness because there's a lot of wilderness out there. It seems like everywhere this week, dangerous regimes and terrifying changes to the very planet that is our only home, hostility right here against religious communities that are our partners and respected friends, and then all the other ways wilderness shows up in our lives just in trying to be ourselves in communities that ask for us to just quietly fit in, in families that wish we were not quite the way we are. So we are learning together to brave the wilderness. May we here be a home for true belonging so that we carry that belonging with us wherever we go. So may we do.